Welcome to Better Returns, where you will learn how to escape the volatility of the stock market by passively investing in real estate like a pro. 90% of millionaires earned and maintained their wealth by investing in real estate. We will share real life examples from savvy investors so you can do the same. This show is for educational purposes only and should not be considered legal tax or investment advice. He drives a 22-year-old Porsche and cries every winter when it goes into storage. Your host and my dad, Matt Hansen. Welcome back to Better Returns. I've got one of my friends on here, Anjesh Dubey. He is an experienced real estate investor. He is the co-founder of Dubey Investor Group. And he's got over a decade of experience in real estate, single family home, commercial real estate, He does it all. He's got a portfolio of over 1,700 units with a value of over $90 million with an M. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me here. Well, I always like to start with what's your origin story? Like, how did you get into real estate? How did you discover this? Yeah, that's a great question, I think. And I love to uh, tell this story because uh, I started, in, me and my wife started investing in real estate like right out of the college. We graduated in, back in 2009 and first thing we did was invested in the real estate. But I think a lot of people ask questions like, why? Like not many people does that, like start investing. People look for it, like either start saving or go out or mm -hmm. enjoy and uh, first time you start earning and uh, like, why why would you invest in real estate? But I think then I started reflecting on it. Like, hmm, that's a great question. Do I know the answer for that? And then I started reflecting is that maybe it's the my, our mindset, what our family backgrounds have been. Mm -hmm. So then I looked at it and my grandfather, I realized that he was the first multifamily operator that I knew. And I, don't, I didn't even realize it that he was actually a multifamily operator because now what I know he was, he really was yeah. because he had 15 unit multifamily. He lived in one and he rented 14 others. So I was like, now I realized because I watched him uh, growing up and he was retired. Uh, he got a pension, but he was like traveling. Uh, he was meeting us. He was, he got like five other kids. So he was going in different places, meeting his grandkids and then traveling around in the country. And I'm like, how he could afford all of that. And then I realized because he got this mailbox money coming in lending and into yeah. his account like every month like on roll and he doesn't need to have to stay anywhere and that provides a lot of flexibility and has uh, supported his lifestyle during until he died and that i think had a and i didn't think much of it but when i realized that that really played a role in for me into believing into the real estate it was like mm -hmm. okay he 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 did it like years ago, but for his retirement, that was something that was supporting him. So if I start doing it in years down the line, that something can support myself. So I didn't know any really good terminologies, any technical terms, cash on cash, IRR <laughs> or whatever those was. I was like, oh, I got money, go take it, invest in here. And then we started doing it. And from there, we just never stopped. Like every few years, we saved enough and then bought something, either a single family, duplex or a triplex. And then we live in a high cost, uh, high tax state, Bay Area right here in San Francisco. So our entry points start to become challenging. So like, what do we do next? And uh, me and my right. wife talked about it. And we're like, hey, we got to find somewhere else. Uh, if it's expensive here, see if what people are doing outside of the area. And then we found out like, hey, there are great markets out there. 
we just need to overcome our fear factor of like right. start investing where it makes sense. Live where you want to, but invest where it makes sense. So then from there, we just went into um, investing in half a dozen and more states uh, with single families and residential homes. And then whatever it makes sense to even sell it, uh, we exited some properties and we still have um, uh, a good portfolio uh, that it continued to cash flow. So that's what my original mindset, I think it was mm-hmm. my grandfather who put uh, seed into our brain. And uh, it, from there, I think it's just a mindset. We didn't go any further. Yeah. Crash course or real estate course. Yeah, that's pretty rare though. You had somebody in your family that was doing it at a young age. You saw your grandfather. And where where was that? Was that in California? Not in California. So I, me and my wife didn't grew up in US. Uh, so we are immigrants oh. here. And uh, we grew up in India. And India in the middle class, it, middle class, I think it doesn't invest too much into the real estate. But mm-hmm. whenever they get an opportunity, and it's very hard there because they, you don't get a loan. So anything that you buy, you'll have to just buy all cash. Really. Oh, okay. So in, in the past, uh, you don't used to get loans. So people like stay for years. Um, and then when they have enough money, and then they will just buy and then own it outright. And that's usually the default way. So uh, that's what my parents did, my grandfather did, and then... Uh, and that's why he only had like 15 units. Like if he yeah. used, we would use leverage and he would have more, but he just bought cash for all his money that he saved. And then that's what he had. Yeah, that's pretty, but it's pretty impressive. Certainly back pretty in the impressive. day when that, particularly exactly. you're right in India, it's not really common for an, an individual to do that. Probably do Correct. mostly companies own then multifamily in India. Who so yeah, they are the, the big builder and construction companies, okay. and then they they build it, and then they they just uh, sell it to, to either an individual owner or then they own it outright and then just uh, rent it out. Yeah, so these are the bigger companies. So it's not common. And then w- what's common is like maybe people inherit from their uh, family, and that's pretty oh. common. Like like hundreds of years ago, if someone owned a land or a home, then it's just going to go into the family. And that's what they are going to own their life and probably build a one another. And then now they have two homes and that's what they're going to pass on to their kids. And and if they didn't lose it, then that's good. And then that's how the wealth grows. So that's what uh, people in India does. <laughs> that's fascinating. That's really interesting. <laughs> And you've, you've got, you know, people from all sorts of backgrounds. Like I was a corporate executive. So yeah, it made sense. This is easy stuff for me. I used to run profit and losses. I know your background lends itself really well to being successful investor and helping other people. So talk a little bit about your background, your professional background, which, and how that relates to real estate. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, uh, I, I, my professional background is engineering management. So I've been, my background is, has been in engineering, software engineering. So I'm really close to data and uh, mm-hmm. make my decisions based on data, get an insights from there. And then into the management, my role is to bring efficiency to the organization, look at it, care for the people, grow them, and then grow the organization and how we can uh, make, a, create better opportunities for the business, for the employees, and then just have a win-win scenario. So I can apply those skills and I've been doing this for, for 14, 15 years. So I can utilize the same skills to my investment as well. Right. So we, exactly. we make our decisions based on the data, like where the population is growing in what part of the country 
people are migrating to, where it makes sense to invest, and then make a decision based on those insights. And then once we acquire an asset, my focus is towards building a team that is who's going to property manage it, who's going to be my broker, who's going to be my vendors out there when I need them, right? Who's going to be managing my tenants? Uh, so having this strong team and then care for them at the same time, so then build that trusted relationship is what I focus on more so that everyone wins along with myself and then eventually my investors and tenants as well in this process. And then it's a win-win scenario for everybody. That's wonderful. That's really, really good. So what markets are you buying in right now? Where where do you think the best places are to invest in the U.S.? So I think right now the best uh, place is to look into the uh, southeast states and uh, Texas. I feel that the population, even though it's slowed down a little bit, but it's continued to migrate in, in those states. Right now, Florida is, is the number one in, in terms of migration, followed by Georgia, Atlanta, uh, and in Texas. I think California has been great for so far right now uh, in terms of being Silicon Valley and a tech hub. But a lot of those industries are now moving to Texas. So I'm seeing a lot yes. of that stuff moving to San Antonio, Austin, Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been Dallas has been uh, like a magnet for a business. And a lot of that artificial intelligence startups are starting actually in Texas. So, really? yeah. And mm-hmm. that's where I think the tech talent is also going. Uh, it's this income-free state. Uh so they have great lifestyle, like Dallas, Houston. These are big metropolitan cities right now. And uh, people are seeing opportunities there, even the business and individuals. So that's the data that I'm collecting, and that's helping me to make the decision, where should I invest next? Gotcha, gotcha. Well, looking back, like what was your first deal? And I guess what are, what are some of the lessons you learned? Because you've been, you've been investing for a long time. So so what, what what are the things that you've learned that, okay, you know what? I probably made some mistakes and things that people could avoid. Any anything that you like to share? Yeah, the the two 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 mistakes I think uh, uh, one is perform your due diligence, like yeah. go deep as much as possible, and do not leave it to hope. Uh, really, so look at it uh, when you are trying to buy. Like really go in the books, like what's happening on on that property. Look at it. Uh, what what what's been the tenant class has been in the past? Who you are renting it to? Who's going to be the yeah. property manager? Right. So, mm-hmm. like, really focus on your team and build the uh, really all the data that you can collect on because anywhere you miss and then it's gonna be really expensive. Like, if you get one bad tenant, uh, it's gonna cost you a lot more. And same is true with property manager. One bad property manager you hire and then it's going to cost a lot. So there is a risk there, but uh, you'll have to do your performance due diligence. The second side of it, do not let that fear stop you from investing, right? So you can get like really analysis paralysis, do not Mm -hmm. have that happen to you because if then, then there is no reward if you take no risk, right? So we all know that. And hence you'll make a decision, but make a, create all that data and make a sound decision, but then go for it. Do not, do not stop from there. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah that's good. It, you're right. You can't just, you got to take control, even though it's passive investing, you still need to take a look at the data and everything's, as I say, Googleable. you can take a look at, you know, what's the crime rate, what's the population growth before you're starting investing with someone else. So I think that's really good. It's a good point. 
you, you do have to take some control. Now, once you've made that decision, yeah, you can sit back and relax and exactly. mail, mailbox money like your, your grandfather did. Exactly. But I agree. It's like, yeah, you really do need to understand the markets even as a passive investor. Um, yeah, your homework goes in before, like when you, before you invest, like do all yes. of your homework. Who is the team? Who is the sponsor? Who is the operator? Who is the property manager? Like just do your thorough due diligence on each one of them and look at their mm -hmm. track record. And then only when you feel comfortable, go for it. Right. So have you had any, any trip ups in, in your passive investing? You know, cause I've, I've shared the one, I had a big one that had a capital call on it. Didn't lose any money. I just didn't make as much money. Have you had any experiences in your investing that, you know, that were good lessons to share? Yeah, one passive investing that definitely. So I think it was a construction project uh, that, oh. uh, uh, and then it started, uh, it started great and everything, but then we started running into issues where the land was soft and then the construction cannot be started. And so then we have to do some groundwork on that. And then that caused delays into the uh, construction. And so, we weren't able to achieve at the time where that distribution should start coming in or the property should start getting stabilized. We were way behind on, on, on that. So those kind of trip-ups can happen all the time. But yeah, those are the lessons learned that some stuff needs to be taken care of, like if they are doing all the work or not, ask questions to the operators, like, hey, what is it about that? When it's going to start? Like, be at, even though you are passive, but uh, look at the monthly reports, see what's going on and ask questions. Very good. Very good. So what's your philosophy on investing and investing strategies? Is it the cash flow or is it the, uh, the appreciation? Do you, do you have <laughs> one there? Because that's always a debate like, okay, if the cash flow is really good, but would I rather have? Um, so what are your thoughts on that? So it's an age old question. Yeah, definitely. I think there is no right answer. It depends on to your goals. I feel yeah. like. And those goals are very personalized. Like if I ask someone, and what is your goals? And then based on that, appreciation makes more sense. For the other right. person, they might be cash flow. They are not want to play risky right. or something, right? They are risk averse. So it depends on the person to person. So I would say define your goals first. What are those? Like, what is it that you want to achieve? Like looking for from this investment, like, yes, it may as well to just keep that cash in your bank because if that gives you the peace of mind, do that. <laughs> because right. it can be an emotional emotional uh, commitment, right? And if that's, if, that, if investing with someone else causes you to not being able to sleep at night, don't do it, right? right. Get yourself comfortable, um, define your goals. And if you think that makes the right, right thing for me, go for it, right? And, 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 and then from there, build it to your wealth. Uh, I would say that right now in the current environment, what we are looking for is uh, definitely cash flow um, because we have seen appreciation. We may not see that a kind of appreciation yeah. for a long time now because what was being available to us with a low interest rate, that may not happen in the next five, six or 10 years. So right now, what I am focusing on is long-term debt, debt uh, at a low interest rate, whatever I can get as a fixed, uh, keep it long time, 10 years, and uh, just lock it in, uh, make sure that it cash flows, break even, property can pay for itself, and just keep it 10 years plus. And whenever the opportunity strikes, refinance and return all the capital to the investors, and then keep right. the investors in the deal even though their capital is returned, and now they can just be an owner, and then whatever it, it 
flows through you, it's going to give you infinite return because you have no capital invested in there. So that's a model that I'm looking forward going to see if that's going to work out. So I think that's something investors should also look for. Yeah, there's not many of those out there. It's, it's the infinite return. So yep. at a certain point, you've increased the value so much, you can basically take the investors out or or, or get back all their money. And now it's just it's just 100% returns. Exactly. But, but are there people doing that in the industry? Uh, you know, most most of us are big syndicators and, you know, we're going to turn that as quick as possible. possible have you encountered yeah. somebody that's doing that? Uh, I have seen more? only one one model okay. so far who has started doing this, but you are right that not many people. But I feel that a lot of people should start looking into that direction because if you look at it, real estate, if how does it build wealth? If you If you look at it, where did you grow up? Like the house that you grew up. And look at what's the value it has right now and at what price your dad or your grandfather bought right. it for, right? So the value is always in keeping in a really long term, 10 years plus. And that's where the real wealth gets built. Right. Like cash flow is necessary so that you are not paying into it from your pocket every day right. so that you can have the life you want. And then that business and that property just can pay for itself. Uh, but I think keeping a long term is something that I'm trying to focus more on. Excellent. So let's talk a little bit more about that because this is interesting because I, I hear people talk about it, but nobody's really done it. So how mm -hmm. would you, 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 you say over the course, so you get a loan, what do you get a, usually it's five or six year loans. You'd have to get a longer loan at the beginning. Or are you talking about refinancing after you've had it for a while, the, the value is appreciated enough that you can refinance and pull all the money out. That's the plan. So how would that timeline that, look like? Play that yeah. out for me because nobody's really done it. So play yep, it out. Yep. What do you think? So here is what my I think it is. Like buy it right now today and get a seven-year okay. or a 10-year fixed rate on it, uh -huh. uh, whatever it is. Uh, it will kind of come up with some prepayment uh, penalty. Hopefully with a five-year prepayment penalty, it's going to go out. I want to hold it for long term. So let's say at seven years, we defy and we are going to cash flow to seven years. Uh, whatever cash flow is going to bring in, it's going to be smart, like 1%, 2%, right. 3%. And then we're going to keep returning it to the investors. And that will be like returning of the capital and not like a, a cash flow as like a right. dividend. So so 1% to 3% every year uh, by year seven. So around 20% we probably be returned by that time, the return of the capital, uh, 14 to 20%. Now at year seven, we refi and the property value would have grown by uh, 1.7 to 1.8 times from there. And then we refi at a 70% LTV. Now, what we have returned, that's 14 to 20% capital back to the uh, already. Now at a refi, we target 60 to 80% of the return of that capital on that refi again. Oh, okay. Now, 100% of the capital is returned, but all the investors are still in the deal. They are not yes. exited. And now, if the property cash flows or even break even at the refi, now you keep it for another three to five years. Any new money that's going to come in is an infinite return because you have no money on the deal. Right. Now, at 10-year or a 12-year mark, you exit from the deal. And now, whatever the equity that it has built or appreciation it has built in the last five to seven years, 
uh, it's going to be an infinite gain to you. And it's all you can uh, 31 or just invest it further. So you can defer it from the tax perspective. So it's going to return really into a 2x plus uh, multiplier at the end of uh, uh, a 10-year time timeline. The only, the only concern I would have is, do you have to have a capital um, expenditure to remodel? If you're, because typically we hold for f- six years is our typical business. We've been turning things quicker than that, just because the market mm-hmm. is so hot. But I know right. you're right. It's better to hang on to it longer. But if you're holding it for 10, 12, or 15 years, are you going to have to remodel at some point, maybe at year eight? And where would you get the you cash right. to do that? Would you do that to refi when you refi? To explain how you'd pull that off. Yeah, that's a great question. So at a refi, I think we will uh, keep some capital. Uh, if let's say we are returning it to the to the investors, mm-hmm. we keep some portion of that into the deal to be able to uh, uh, spend on the capital expenditures. Because if we see that, if we do that, then the property valuation is going to increase even further. Right. And it just makes sense to, to do it. And now we have the money also from the refinance. So th- then that means that the return of capital will decrease a little bit. So instead of 100%, we probably achieve only 80% of it, which is fine. Then they have only 20% of the capital in the deal, but they have 100% of the ownership uh, right. still. So that's still a win-win for the investor. So that's how uh, it can be played out. Yeah, I, I want to see somebody do that. I, I think it's a great idea. And I think a lot of people would like that. Because we, we, we do have investors when we turn something in 24, Correct. 32 months, like, okay, now I've got to ca- now I've got to pay taxes on that. Now I've got to find something yeah, else yeah. to do it or roll it into something else that I, I know I hear people talking about all the time, including yourself. And I've even thought about there's, like you've said, you've ran across one person that's done it. One, I think yes. maybe the environment might might motivate people to say, you know what, we should probably be doing this because it may be a six year because all the investors I talk to now, they've seen us do these two and three year returns, like full cycle on a deal. Exactly. I tell everybody plan on six years, plan on the full six. Full so, six yes. you know, so kind of set expectations realistically. And even You're 10 right. or 15 is even better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we need to, I think we need to keep looking at that. It's That's about funny. resetting the expectations of everyone, yeah. like like syndicators, um, um, investors, because we, we were able to exit the deals much earlier, but in the current environment, it may not be possible. So set the realistic expectations and then go with the long-term horizon mindset. And I think everyone will come out as a winner in that scenario. Yes, I love it. I love it. That's really refreshing because I've, I've heard a few people talk about it, but I, I, I think you're, one, you're the one to make it happen though. Right. <laughs> I, I plan to do that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, well, you know what? We're friends. I'll be alongside you there. I, I'm, I'm interested. Perfect. So, Perfect. So we'll, be talking. well, we've come to the time where we're going to do the lightning round. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's ready? do it. Okay. Here we go. Five questions. As a nickname, or I'm sorry, as a child, what was your nickname? Did you have a nickname? Uh, I did. Uh, not a formal one, but not everyone called me, but some of my uh, friends and my mom used to call me Angie. Angie? Yeah. Very good. Good. Number two, morning person or night owl? Night owl. Yeah, that's why we're friends. <laughs> yes. Good answer. Good answer. Now, what about your wife? Uh, she is night owl as well. Good. That that works out really well because if you're that off schedule, out, yes. my wife and I are the same way. So that's <laughs> the win. There's a win. Number three, mm-hmm. what would be the first thing you do if you won the lottery? 
I won the lottery. I'll buy mm. more real estate. Would you quit your job? Uh, I probably, or at least uh, decrease by some amount, yes. I still love my job, what I'm doing. I, I like uh, coaching people and growing people and help them. So I love that, uh, but I probably decrease it a little bit so that I can focus on, on other right. stuff as well. Well, you've already got, I mean, you you already got real estate is something else you could do. So you're not going to sit around and eat bonbons on the couch watching, you know, soap operas. Right. So you're gonna, right. You would have right. something to do. So that's to do. Exactly. Number four, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Oh, I would live in probably Miami. Oh, Miami, really? Okay. Yeah. Been, I visited there. Have you visited much there? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. So, so why? Great, what do you like about Miami? Uh, a good, good weather, uh, a good state, uh, a lot of business friendly states, a good, it, it has a vibe of everything. Uh, uh, some scenic water, uh, weather is nice. And then also it routes to other areas like Bahamas. You can go to, you can take a cruise to different, different places. So it's just really nice. Yeah. I've been to Miami, but it's only to go through the port to go to Caribbean course, yeah. cruises. Probably been there six, seven times, but I've never really spent any time there, but I think it's a nice city. You're, you're good. Yeah. And the, the number five, um, what's one piece of advice, the golden nugget you would give to new investors to help them get better returns? What's the one piece of inf information for a new passive investor? I would say that continuously, uh, Educating yourself is very necessary in, in the current environment. So don't let all the news headlines or everything stop you from being able to achieve what you want to go. So write down your goals and how you want to achieve it and then just educate yourself and then take a step. Don't, don't uh, sit on the sidelines. Just a small steps every day, but make it, take it and be consistent about it. And then, uh, then you will be able to see your uh, goals uh, being fruitful in the, in the duration. Yeah. Excellent, excellent advice. Thanks so much for sharing. And and I'm looking forward to that 10 to 15 year um, investment plan that you have for the next apartment. Absolutely. All Absolutely. Right. Thanks for being on the show. I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much, Matt, for having me here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Better Returns, brought to you by Hanson Holdings. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review because it helps others discover this valuable content. If you would like to earn truly hands-off passive income, go to HansonHoldings.com, where we help you invest in large apartment complexes to grow your family's wealth. See you next week with another awesome episode. Have a great day.